Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. As always, we want you to help us elevate the conversation. You can do that on the Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line 57500. And uh, really excited to having join us, uh, someone who always elevates the conversation. She's the president and owner of uh, Exoro Group, Mara Carbello. And uh, Mara is probably one of those uh, most influential people you haven't heard of category, or what I like to call She's in the fingerprint business, <laughs> which means <laughs> which means Mara's fingerprints are everywhere. She is an influencer extraordinaire because she helps, whether it's an elected official, a business leader, uh, she helps them elevate their thinking. And you can just tell when someone has had an interaction with Mara because it's better. And you can just see those fingerprints, uh, although her name is rarely on it. Mara, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. That was a generous introduction. I'm excited to talk to you today. Oh, uh, you know, we we had the opportunity last Friday uh, to be together on the the panel, socially distanced, of course, on the uh, set there up at the University of Utah uh, for the Hinckley Report with our good friend Jason Perry. And uh, I came away from that as I always do that. I always learn something from from Mara, and it was uh, just like always. Uh, I came away thinking a little different and a little better. And I thought, we got to get Mara on the show because I have a whole host of things I want to fire at you today. So are you, are you ready? I'm perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right. First, I, I want to talk about, we were talking at the end of the show, which is, uh, I always think they should keep the cameras rolling after the show because those are great conversations. And we were talking about the little dust up around the uh, the new mural celebrating women. Uh, and so I want to do this in two parts. Uh, obviously, there are a host of women who were not included on the mural. So I want to get two that you think should have been on that maybe nobody's talking about. But then I want to get to the second level question, uh, which is what's the real question we should be asking? So first, who 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 should have been on there that wasn't on there? Good question. So I'm going to start with a caveat that says I feel a little bit like this is in the category of never let a good deed go unpunished. Right, <laughs> right. So right. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to say, you know, the artist Jan ha- uh, uh, Hayworth is amazing. The women on it are amazing. None yes. of us are criticizing anyone on the mural at all. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, and I think it was a communication failure. I think for many of us who felt like it missed the mark, it was because I, I thought I was 
seeing a representation particularly of women's suffrage. So with that framing, you know, I think, well, let's look at women's suffrage. So I'm going to point to two who have been spoken of but deserve to be mentioned again because they were huge ceiling breakers. I also should just I'll, – I'll tell my audience outright I'm, I'm not a Republican, and I think it was just um, a big miss to not have Mia Love. She um, – she broke huge ceilings in the Congress. And then really for me, Becky Lockhart, um, not only was Becky Lockhart our first Speaker of the House, she was an enormously successful Speaker of the House. Yeah. And we're still benefiting from what she did. And again, with the context of feeling like this was a women's suffrage um, uh, champion, you know, a, an honor of women's suffrage, those were just two obvious misses. The other is that there were not a lot of rural Utahns. Um, mm. And it leaned heavy on people perhaps even we know. So, you know, I mentioned two women we do know. But we've had tremendous leaders. We've had tremendous party leaders. And, you know, I think of Cleo Atkins from St. George who helped lead the Republican Party for generations. And so so the caveat I'm going to say is I've known about this mural for a long time. And Jan's been working on it for a long time, and I'm and I'm not sure. I shouldn't speak for her. I, I have had no conversations with her, but I get the impression that maybe they they announced it to the public in a way that maybe wasn't its intent. Didn't and frame it when we yeah. heard. Yeah, and when we heard about women's suffrage, there's some omissions. Um, there's some irony. I, I it feels more like in friends and family. I will say, as a Salt Laker, it feels very Salt Lake. <laughs> very Salt Lakeish. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so and and um. And, and, and definitely friends and family of the artist. Uh, good women all should be honored. For sure. But we missed taking a look at all of Utah. Yeah. We certainly, as we are often apt to do on the Wasatch Front, we really missed the boat on rural Utah. On rural. That's such a, although, such a good point. Yeah. So, 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 although indigenous women were represented well, I will say. The other I'm just going to say, I'll just out myself maybe. The one thing I've also been just chewing on a little bit is um, – the symbol used in the middle, and the, the the people, again, I'm not speaking of the people represented, but right. it's, a, it's of a mother and a daughter, and it's beautiful, and it's warm, and it's lovely. And I will say as a mother, one of the best things that um, can happen to women is being given this gift of, of being able to have children. But it's also the most traditional way to frame up women, mm. and it's the most classic way. And there right. are classics because... They serve the test of time, and they're important. But I will also say, again, on a women's suffrage honoring poster, where we're talking about women participate in the civic life, of which it took us 100 years to participate, and we've been participating for 100 years, um, I, was, I would have loved to have seen another symbol um, than just a maternal symbol, of which I, I value that a great deal. Yeah. But I, I look to symbols a lot to guide us on equity and what we think about the world around us. And I was a little disappointed that the symbol I see in that centerpiece is one of There's a very one. traditional view of women, right? Mm, yeah, fascinating. So good. So that so that leads me to the to the next level question. Uh, and this was my favorite part of our of our discussion. Uh, because while while we all agreed that that celebrating this this moment this women's suffrage this right to vote the impact of all these extraordinary women, uh, you raised the the better question I thought, which was, how come we're still having some of these conversations? It's not enough to celebrate. We we've got to translate that into transformation and forward movement, not just a celebration looking back. Uh, but why are we still 
struggling with not enough women in leadership? Why are we still struggling in terms of equal pay? Why are we still struggling? And to me, those are the the next level questions that really you would think a piece like this or a conversation like this could help us take that step forward. Yeah, boy, you know, I got I get lit up about this because I am. I love the honors. I love love art. Love the commemorations. But it is irresponsible of us to have that without a slate of change, yeah. because the, the the reality is we still live in one of the most inequitable states uh, for women in Utah. Now, again, it's not because we're good or bad. And I want to be clear: it's not men who are inequitable; it's all of us who are inequitable. Yeah. And so, um, but we have the biggest wage gap. You know, I get paid seventy cents on the dollar. Why aren't we talking about that? And this, you know, flexible pay and childcare and equity in the marketplace seem really good conversations for Utah because I think part of our condition here is our focus on the family and our value of the family. And if you want to look at part-time jobs, we lead the nation in part – women lead right. the nation in part-time jobs in Utah. And and that's a family discussion, right? So right. why are we shying away from this? Why are we not looking – and we also are innovators. And you can look at a, a, a gentleman who started several innovative businesses, and we applaud him for it. And yet a woman who takes a couple of years out of the marketplace or has to stop and start right. a career, it, it lacks equity. So these are conversations we have the ability to talk about. We can about do that, we yeah. Love. Yeah, we love ingenuity, and we love families here, and yet we're still – our system is still – statistically punishing women for our our family unit in many, yeah. our, our, our sort of emphasis on that. And I have to say, I'm kind of lit up about all the honoring that we're doing. And I'm like, hey, listen, 70 cents on the dollar. You know, I'd like to be paid a dollar on the dollar. I'd like to see women elected. Yeah. I'd like to see us in the C-suite. That's how you can that's, honor women. Yeah, that's right. And that and that forward movement. And I love that, that you framed that in terms of we can have this conversation. We can model for the country how to have that conversation, how to have that ingenuity and innovation in terms of how we deal with these things. Uh, we just got about 30 more seconds, uh, Mara, but I wanted to – one of the most important things I ever learned from a C-suite female executive, uh, and it just – it rings true every time. And she said that in her career, she has found that most of the bad business decisions made are made when either the room is filled with just men or – the room is filled with just women. And right. it's when you, yeah, everyone has to have a seat at the table and a voice at the table. She said that's when the best decisions always happen. And I know you've seen that uh, in a lot of different settings. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to go to my own experience in which I, I founded uh, the Exora Group eight, almost 19 years ago with LeVar Webb, and we, uh, who was the managing editor of the Deseret News, and um, and we come from very different positions, but we have a shared point of view. We have a shared approach. Yeah. And I learned more from talking to people who don't agree with me, yes. but we're the same kind of people. We have many of the same values, but we yeah. disagree on most things. We're so much stronger. Our, our uh, thoughts and our thinking is, and we remember. We remain so much more open when we talk to people we respect who are different than us. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. We're going to do this again, Mara. Thanks so much for joining us today. Great conversation and much, much more Thank to you. come. All right. We're going to go ahead and step aside. Uh, when we come back, uh, final segment uh, for a Tuesday. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. 
I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.